I actually said it wasn't for me because it was it wasn't wasn't what I expected. Um, it was hard, uh, but I'm I'm a kind of guy that likes to likes a challenge, anyways, right? But uh, yeah, it was hard. It wasn't for me, I thought, but ended up being the right the right choice to stay in it. Welcome to All Things Wood Floor, brought to you by Wood Floor Business. I am your host, Steve Diggins from WoodPro and Woodfloor Business Magazine. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of the best in the industry, so welcome aboard. Today, 2022 Ultimate Wood Floor Guy recipient, Clinton Duff of Woodchuck Floors, Toronto, Canada. This special episode, Clinton shares with us uh, the inside scoop about the Canadian market, Talks about his 40 years in the business since he's left Jamaica. Clinton and I talk shop and literally all things wood floor. The man is the pro's pro, so kick back and enjoy as Wood Floor Business welcomes Clinton Duff, Woodchuck Floors, Toronto, Canada. Floor pros around the world, say it with me. You know it's coming. Let's get to it. Clinton Duff, Woodchuck, Flooring, Toronto, Canada. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How you doing there, doing Steve? Doing good. Welcome to All Things Wood Floor. Congratulations. Good for you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now, um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Woodchuck? Because I know um, we, we spoke with Tim in one of the podcasts. We had a really good time. And tell me all about what you do there and, and you know what Woodchuck Flooring is all about in Toronto. Uh, woodchuck Flooring is about... Um, well, we're a supplier. We also do servicing. And uh, here in Toronto, it's a pretty big deal because flooring, believe it or not, is is a top priority amongst a lot of uh, home builders. Sure. So it's, it's good. It's good business here. You guys break it down. You, you, do you manufacture and some people do everything, install, supply, sand, finish it. What, which ones do you do? Which ones do you not? Do? Okay. So we don't, we don't manufacture. We uh, supply, we do the install finish. Um, myself personally, I run the service department. So I'm in charge of a bunch of guys who do the actual work. I myself used to do the work. I still do, but for the most part, we have a bunch of crews. Okay, and, and would you be like a shop foreman or a field supervisor? Shop shop foreman and field supervisor. I, I do it. I, I'm here and I'm there depending on what the situation is. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm, I tend to be more on the road and uh, tend to the clients out there. So you used to do flooring and like most of us, now you're doing flooring still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's been a long time, but it, everything kind of collates with each other. Sure. For me, I started off in installing, sanding, finishing, and now I'm in management. So from one aspect to another is where I'm at. You have a cool little affect there. What is that accent? I was born in Jamaica. Um, Came to Canada probably, well, 1975, a very long time ago, and went to school here. But uh, I still have a bit of an accent. Uh, Not very many people can recognize it, but it's there. My parents came because uh they had opportunities right so my mom being a nurse and my dad being in a bit of the construction field himself you know there was opportunities for them to grow here so they immigrated and uh i came along and went to school 
And then how did that become flooring? I, I assume you didn't come here to get into flooring. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It wasn't, it wasn't in the plan at all. Um, I got into it when uh, my neighbor uh, needed, who had his own flooring business, and he needed some help. And I was working part-time while I was going to high school. And he just came to me and said, stop doing this restaurant stuff. I got something for you. And the rest is history. <laughs> I know, right? Well, what was the first thing they gave you? They didn't stick you with the edger, right? They gave you yes, something. he did. <laughs> he stuck me with the edger. Here, sharpen this me. blade. <laughs> no, he actually, he actually dropped me off at a job site. Um, it was a front entrance way, I remember. And it was parquet flooring. And they had a bit of um, uh, uh, linoleum glued on it. And he right. gave me some 16 grit paper, showed me how to hold the edger, and said, "Go to town." So the, you got started in well, interesting too on your your first day and etc. Uh, good, indifferent, easy. Did you say this is not for me, or what was the deal up right from the get go? I actually said it wasn't for me because it was it wasn't wasn't what I expected. Um, it was hard, uh, but I'm I'm a kind of guy that likes to likes a challenge anyways right but uh yeah it was hard it wasn't for me i thought but ended up being the right the right choice to stay in it right well you it's, there's a lot of physicality right first of all yeah. if you're installing not just swinging a hammer and bending over a saw and kneeling and all this other stuff but moving the bundles from room to room unloading a truck of bundles of flooring edging bent over with your back for an hour and th there's a lot involved clearly you have to be in a certain physical condition to do this type of work right 100 percent. yeah i'm uh i'm in it's 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 all physical it, you know like i i i have a hard time taking vacation taking time off i find if i'm off for a long period of time, I, I tend to seize up. Right? That's what you know? people say, exactly. Yeah, I seize up, so I, I just want to keep going, right? What Do you have a preference of sanding, finishing, installing, refinishing? Um, I've, I've come to realize that I like, uh, I like sanding and refinishing. Um, that aspect of it is, it, I, I feel like anybody, not anybody, but the majority of the guys can bang a floor in, but the the to, to stain and finish a floor is a, it's an art yes right? it's, it's completely different well yeah it's yeah. art and chemistry uh, yeah and and i hear throughout the industry that you are one of the color guys like you can you're a you're a stain expert well i i've i've mixed a few colors in my time and um i like to match i'm doing one this uh this thursday i'm gonna start one where somebody else had stained the floor and uh, the, the client actually has two different colors in her house that she didn't realize. She has a, a medium brown on the stairs, and the first part of the flooring seemed to have been mixed. And when I tested it and, you know, did I went there and did a sample, some samples myself, I have come to the conclusion that the floor was, the color that's there is mixed with a medium brown and a coffee brown. Oh, yeah, so it's maybe they maybe they didn't have enough of each color. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, sometimes guys do stuff like that. So yeah. now I'm, now I have to match the rest of the flooring to that. Do you typically do you do sample boards that you just put it right out there in the field and sand here and there until you get what looks right on the floor? No, I actually I actually went to the house and sanded an area, 
and brought a bunch of stains uh, that I thought was going to be the color. And then I, I, I mixed them on site sure. and did, did swatches until I got to where I needed to be. And then we choose. And you, are you, do you do water popping, not water popping sometimes? Not what, What's your, prefer, your preference? I, I prefer to water pop my jobs because I, I feel like when I do that, um, the stain is more, uh, more prominent. Right. Right? It's not just on the surface of the floor. It doesn't look washed out. Sure. Yeah. It, 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 what's the market up in Canada right now? I could tell you in our area, it's been like five years of gray this, gray that, brown this, brown that. What do you guys have up there going on? We've got a lot of pastels going and a lot of wide plank okay. boards going down now. Oh, mind you, like today alone, I had a few clients that came in that was looking for the traditional browns again. So I think we went through the pastel stage and now we're going back to the traditional. Sure. So that's my that's my take on what what I feel is happening. Well, Toronto's yeah. fascinating because I, th- I I think I stole it from Tim, but I think he said it's the third largest U.S. city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you guys ever cross the border to do work, or is everything in Canada? Everything is in Canada, in Canada. that we do. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Is there anything different as far as um, species, or just? Um, Right now, I, I, I in Canada we do a lot of a uh, lot of white oak, to be honest, and we're getting a lot of European white oak, right. which is which is strange because we do have we have a lot of red oak here through Quebec and like Manitoba, all those areas. But um, for the most part, the wider planks and stuff is seems to be wanting to go with the white oak. People trying to get away from that pinkish look. Sure. Right. Yeah. We run into that. Do you run into a lot when you run into a house where there's like a install or a refinish and they add something and it's just two different species of wood? Yes. I, I ran into one recently where uh, they extended the front hallway and the installer actually put in a red oak and the original floor was white oak and he actually um, te- toothed it in. So it... It just it just didn't go. It's a right? lot of work to have it stand out like that. That must have popped. Well, it stood out. It stood out. Yeah. Is there anything uh, in your area people are shying away from? Like we don't see um, bamboo anymore. We don't see any um, laminates. We see a little bit more of the LVT and the SPCs and stuff. Is there stuff people are are staying away from these days? Um, believe it or not, we do get the we get people asking. Uh, Asking for the laminates, not the bamboos and stuff like that, but the laminates, we get people asking for it, but we prefer, you know, we prefer to, to educate them and let them know that the the vinyls are the newer things. No, vinyls is going to replace uh, the the laminates because vinyl is reusable. Uh, you, you know, you can, if it gets wet, you pick it up, let it dry out and put it back down. You know, it's, so it's got more functions than, than the, than the, the, the vinyl than the laminate right so absolutely yeah. yeah so you with all your let me think here how long have you been with woodchuck 12 13 14 i'm trying to yeah i've been I've, I've been with them for 13 years now but uh i actually when i first started the, in the business the guy that taught me he actually bought his product from woodchuck so i was from day one, I've been going to Woodchuck and been involved with Woodchuck, which now is, like I said, I started that in 1986. So it's been a been a, a long journey being involved with Woodchuck flooring. 
How long were you in the field before um, you wound up in the shop and kind of managing? Um, even when I came to Woodchuck, I, I, went, I went in the field. And within the last, I'm going to say about six years now, Tim's asked me if I was interested in this position, and uh, I gladly accepted. What's it? What's the day like? How do you start cruise off, or you're in the shop? I start off at the in the shop in the morning. I get in here. I'm here by seven o'clock. I open up the back of the shop, um, make sure that um, the guys can get whatever materials they need and equipment to get out. Um, usually by about seven thirty, eight o'clock, all the crews are out, and then my day starts with me going to job sites to do visits and um, making sure that the guys are on track and everything that we've discussed with clients is being done sure. right you know that sort of stuff how many crews so right now we have we have five crews that we that we give work to that are out there doing work for us and um three of the crews just do straight install and then um the other two do install and sanding. And then, of course, there's myself who, if there's a small job, I like to jump on the machine every now and then and keep my myself going. Keep it honest? Keep it honest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do, do, they, do they give you crap? <laughs> no. they, they know, I, listen, I'm with you. I get out there sometimes I don't want to, and I think, well, they're going to think they've never seen me behind the machine. I'm just all talk. I like to get out there and get in the trenches too and – one hundred percent, one hundred percent. My, I think my guys appreciate me more because uh, I do everything they do, sure. and when I speak to them, I don't tell them what to do. I ask them what, what if they would mind doing this for me, or you know that kind of approach. And then if sometimes I get to a job site, if I see the floor needs sweeping, I pick up a broom and I start sweeping it, and then they follow suit. Sure. Right. So, yeah, it works that way. When you're on a job site, do they still ask you to sharpen the scrapers? No, 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 shape. no, no, I won't do that. But I will do a hundred podcasts and everybody will talk about they're the best, you know, sharpener guy in the world. And, and hey, if you know what you're doing, you should be able to do surgery with those things. You see, some, some guys, like, there, there's a couple guys that they sharpen a scraper and I can't use it. Right. But Thank when you. I, when I sharpen it. <laughs> I can use it. <laughs> what is this wiggle back and forth stuff? They, I'm like, you're putting all the pressure forward. Now the blade's dull and you're, you're bringing yeah. it back. It, you know, there's got to be a little, little something there. You know, let's give credit to the scraper world. It's a tricky little tool, but boy, is that thing. I've used it for everything. I, I think it's my favorite tool. Oh, I, yes. I must have 20 of them at home because <laughs> I always stick them in my pocket when I go to the job site and I walk away with them. <laughs> I must have 20 of them in my little garage at home. Well, we did the um, the the podcast with the other um, ultimate flooring person, which is uh, Liz Imlock, the, the floor gal. And she said mm -hmm. clearly, like, she's proud of her collection and she's got one on her at all times. So, listen, if yep. you see her in an ATM, don't jump her from behind and say hello. <laughs> it could get yeah. dangerous outside there. So when you're doing the work that you do in the field over the years, have you picked up any particular tricks of the trade or different techniques or things that you use or that you find that you try to impart on the other folks? Um, like I, I've got guys who think that uh, they don't ever really need to scrape the ends of the, of the walls. And I, I tend to want to do that. I, it's, I, it's going through the motions 
Um, I'm never going to just omit something. I like to scrape the end, scrape out the lines, then do my palm sanding and stuff like that. So I have a regiment that I like to practice because it works for me. Yes. Right. So I try to instill that in the guys. This works. So let's just do it this way. You know, we don't want to reinvent it. Well, I remember when I first got into it and you learn from whoever and then you either figure other things out for yourself or you learn from new yes. people. Like, you know, they used to say in all the seminars, either have you done this 20 years and you've learned something every day or have you been doing the same thing for 20 years? I was in it for a while edging and, and doing the field work. And then somebody said to me, you know, I can, I see your edger mark. I said, well, you know, it'll, it is what it is. Uh, it, it'll disappear if I put a finish on it. And he said, you know, I scrape everything. And he was right. It, it might be a little bit much, but it's there. And yes. people expect today a much, much higher end finish with um, dust containment systems, all the little fine hand sanders that you're available to get rotary machines, you know, Grab the scraper and get it done. I think you're absolutely yeah, right. That, yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's it just, don't even think about it. Just do it. Yeah, and it, there's where you're water popping because now you're inviting that outside field to look scraped and sketchy and you still got to go over it with a screen. You still got to get into it yeah. with a little water pop to get. And by the way, what do you think you guys are doing for staining? We went in New England from doing everything we could for decades of talking people into a natural floor. I think the last decade has been nothing but mandatory stain on everything. Yeah, stain is it. Every, uh, majority, I'm going to say, majority of clients that I do, I'm going to say 80, 85% want a stain of some color. Um, natural flooring is uh, it's a thing of the past. Unless it's a, it's a, like a white oak, yep. white, wide plank, white oak, then they might go with a, a natural. But for the most part, anything else is stained. They'll always be flooring because in about 10, 15 years, somebody will move into that house and say, oh, it's always so dark in here. We need to lighten it up. And they'll strip all that out. And 25 years from now, they'll go back to the browns and the walnuts and the, yeah. the other things. Um, now, how long have you been in the industry completely? Were you in any of it before that or it was just right out of the gate to Woodchuck? Um, no, I was in it for a while when, when you know, like I said, the gentleman that uh, taught me that uh, taught me, I worked with him for about three or four years. And believe it or not, he was uh, Greek and he wanted me to go back to Greece with him to do some work. Uh, oh. Actually live there wow. and do work. And uh, I had just met my wife at the time. So <laughs> no, that wasn't happening. <laughs> no. So I, I, I ended up um, starting my own business. Right. So I, I ran my own business for about 25 years. Yeah, so you've been 20. doing this like me. You, when did you get in? 86, 87? 86, like, yeah. yeah. I got in 87. You've been 40 years at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's time. You can quit now. <laughs> um, I'm not ready. <laughs> There's still some more of uh, I got some teaching to do out there. I've got a few guys that are, uh, that I, you know, I've actually taught that um, they need some advice and stuff every now and then or, you know, just a little bit of push a little bit of help whatever so i'm, I'm gonna stick around for them you know that it, well they're, they're probably gonna need you it's this is this is pretty brutal work considering people's options today i travel to parts of the country where you can't find you know a professional flooring person they, they might be a jack of all trades there's just aren't enough people to do it well and then to train other people and then those people that are in those markets charge astronomical prices that they deserve. But I'm surprised yeah. when I go places like down in Virginia or D.C. and you got um, 
you go into a house and somebody had their their neighbor pick it up from Lowe's or Home Depot mm-hmm. or someplace and throw something in and and they're so thrilled and you look at it and say, wow, this is one of the worst floors I've ever seen. <laughs> happens all the time. Right? And it keeps you in business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. It's great. It's great that um, when they do that. Like I, I was in Home Depot once and uh, I'll give you an example. They were doing a, a, a little seminar on how to install the floor. And the guy that was doing the, the seminar was doing... Um, it's like stairway to heaven. Every every joint was <laughs> exactly the same, like three, four inches, uh, and it just went right across the floor. All the way to the other side of the room. <laughs> I, had, I had to point it out in front of all of his, all of the people sitting there watching. I'm like, you can't do that. <laughs> and then I walked away. <laughs> I got my very first dance studio, and um, me and my business partner had been doing flooring, I don't know, maybe a year or two. And um, we started a line along this long, long wall, and we started making, we called them staggers, and people call them ladders or et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, they were about, I'd say, six to 12 inches apart. And we got this idea once we got to the right side of the room, how many can we make in a row all the way until we have to put a board in? And we mm-hmm. did this whole floor, never thought anything about it. We got done. The woman with the dance studio said, how did you do it? It's so beautiful. We love it. Well, we didn't realize it was maple and when we finally started putting bundles down after that stupid row of ladders, all the mm-hmm. maple was a, a dark brown in color. We left this big brown staircase right across the entire floor, and she thought we meant to do it. <laughs> we, note that day, we will never do that again. That was yeah. a dumb. And you know what? They get shorter and shorter and shorter. Sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. So are there are there jobs in your area in your 40 years? Are there any few that stand out that were either or both uh, super challenging and also maybe the more memorable? Um, some of the memorable jobs that I've, I've done are like, uh, I don't know if you know where, like Casaloma in Toronto here is, uh, is a castle that was brought to Canada from England. I don't know when it was here, but it was long before me. But uh, I ended up redoing the floors in there for woodchuck and uh that's one of my most memorable places because it gets so much uh so much traction from people from all over the world coming to visit it's a it's it's a it's a tourist destination Castle right so places like that you know having your being able to say to people I, I worked on those floors there that's that to me is is it's a it's amazing well what did, did tim tell you that the Canadians brought that over. You know they they stole that, right? They're still looking for that thing. <laughs> well, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them. Well, how about uh, everybody usually has some type of flooring nightmare? Did you ever have anything go particularly, you know, crazy uh, out of control? Yeah, I've had some go crazy. I, I you know, a couple of years ago we were on a job and the homeowner had just changed the HVAC system and. When they what they did, well, it it worked when we were there, but by the time we left, it wasn't working anymore. So it was just pumping hot air, and all around the vents, it was starting to gap. Right, so we went back. The manufacturer went back, and we checked. They ended up changing the the air the the HVAC system three times in this house just to get it going, just to get it right. And it was a nightmare for us because it shrank all of our flooring. It did. It, 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 it was. It was a nightmare. That's terrible. It, oh yeah. And where you are in Toronto, um, 
you know, here in New England, it's we have swings. Like uh, a couple of days ago, it was really humid, really sticky. I know my garage floor is concrete. It was soaking wet for no reason. And mm. today I get out of work and it was 38 and freezingly dry cold. You guys have those swings too where you are? Um, we have swings, but uh, they're not that drastic. Okay. So I, I, I try to tell people to, you know, it, educate them with relative humidity you know that that's that's a, a very important uh thing for us here is to if you maintain your relative humidity that is suggested by your manufacturer depending on the type of flooring you get the species the width and you know whether it's engineered or whether it's solid that's very very important that's probably one of the most important aspect of putting in flooring in your home is to maintain that Oh, a- absolutely. You know, I have test equipment when I go out to look at a site and I was just looking at some of the newer meters and one of the mm-hmm. things we're thinking of as a distributor, you know, we would make a note on an invoice or a sales slip, like bad day for flooring. You know, it's uh 80 something percent humidity. It's 90 yeah. degrees and you know, they're going to take it and install it within the next few hours. And we'd have to be careful because it wouldn't be months until somebody came back and said, hey, why'd you sell me this junk? You know, well, the new <laughs> the new meters, we were giving out meters for people to just take the job with them. The the newer meters that are out by like Humidity Matters, they we have a couple in the field right now. The, the installer can leave at the homeowner's house, especially if they feel that maybe the builder's pushing things a little bit. And we all know who usually does this. It's the builder or the contractor yeah. saying, I got to get this done. Well, that thing two or three of them read in my office. I can read them at any time all day long. Uh, even if someone calls and says, how are we looking? I can say, well, you know, you're at um, 40% relative humidity and you're at 65, degree. you know, you're good. Or I can mm-hmm. say, no, no, you are really heavy in there. And maybe even say the wood shouldn't be there. You're yeah. absolutely right. I think people tend to think that they can just throw a floor in and deal with the consequences later. And you know how difficult that's going to be. That's uh, not where I want to be. No, no. Do you guys have, um, are you having in Canada the same thing we're having, just massive labor shortage? It seems like not only can we not get help, but the people that we can, you could pay them everything in the world. They, they're probably not going to hang in there. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I find that. And usually it's the guys that have a little bit of experience that don't want to stick around. The guys that I find will stick around are the guys with the least amount of experience so I get to teach them from fresh, from start, and then they, they, they start to see that they're developing something. And then if you, if you have those guys and you treat them right, then they, st- they tend to stick around, right? And those are the guys I want. Yeah, right? I think you're right. I think even in distribution, it's kind of two sides. I could have somebody that's super experienced jump right in and help us get rolling, or I could have somebody that knows absolutely nothing. We can kind of train them our way and educate yeah. them our way and, and get them to look at our techniques or whether it's in the field or if you're, you know, how to sell or what the technical aspects of a product are or what the best recommendation is for a customer. Do yeah, you guys turn to you? Do they get, do, they, do your guys say, do they set up every job and say, listen, here's what I got. Where should we start? You know, how should we start? Do they I usually walk I usually walk them through it because I, I visit every job site before the guys go in. And I, I tend to wanna just get a, a an idea myself of where I think we should be starting, whether we're starting off a nosing or we're starting off a wall or you know, I tend to wanna start down this down the 
the center of hallways, hallways and sure. make sure that's a, that's my straight focal point coming in. Now, I don't want to get to a, a hallway and find out that uh, I'm crooked now because because the hallway's crooked or you know any of that. So I tend to want to start off when like from my front door coming in and, and work my way off of that. Don't you typically find if you take a vantage line off the center of a hallway and let's say break it in two directions, I typically find that with the framing. You're within mm-hmm. a quarter of an inch on either side of the house. I, I don't find as much stuff super out of square like I did in the houses that were built in the 60s and 70s. You know, mm-hmm. I would never trust them, but boy, they seem to be set up pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I actually had one house um, down in, uh, in, in the middle of the city, actually, and it was a brand new house built. And I don't know how this all started, but it started from the foundation pouring the, from within a 33 foot distance, the house was out six inches from the back of the house was six wider, inches. six inches. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was trying to average the, the, the starting down the middle and the, the contractor was telling me, no, like, you know, it, it took about a week before they realized that they built this whole house out like that. Right. Wow. Just, just stuff like that. So I tend to want to stay away from stuff like that. I had a customer start off the the wall of a house, and um, of course, it he didn't realize it until he finished the entire floor. And um, they came to my shop, and I literally went out in the parking lot and kind of gave him a little seminar. And a few days later, I asked his wife how it went. Um, he ripped it all out, got new wood, started over off the wall, and mm-hmm. did the exact same thing again. Oh wow! And I go, what are you <laughs> buying now? It was an oak floor. She's buying um, Santos mahogany. I go, for what? She goes, well, we're going to do the front six inches of the wall in that so people won't see it. And I can hear your silence. My head was exploding. (laughs) Yeah, it is silence. What happened to we're going to snap a line and follow, you know, literally, hey, come on, today you could snap that line over that front entry, leave the first few rows, go back, spline them, and refill them if you're that concerned about, you know, scribing the wall or whatever. Yeah, lose it off in the wall where where, where you're not going to notice it. But if you got it all down to, especially when you have those long, straight hallways, Yes. You're going to see it. <laughs> well, you said it too. You take a middle. You can go up a hallway, just take the middle of every point, pull a line down, and now you got mm-hmm. a vantage point, and just kind of check with the front and the back of the house. But six inches, I've never even it's, heard of that. That's crazy. Six inches. It was six inches. I could not believe it because they, they had me rip out the first 200 feet I did, and then the contractor, he lined it up in a different area, and we started off there and ended up back where I started. Wow. <laughs> so same thing, and he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Those Murphy kids are roughhousing again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hi, Wood Floor Pros. This is Kim Walgren, the longtime editor of Wood Floor Business. You can read the profiles of our 2022 Ultimate Wood Floor Guy and Gal in the December-January 2023 issue of Wood Floor Business. Our contest is sponsored by Lagler. And both of our ultimate winners won a trip to Lagler's Fly and Sand Training at the Lagler headquarters in Germany. Do you think you or someone you know has what it takes to be our next ultimate wood floor guy or gal? Entries are already open for next year's contest. Go to woodfloorbusiness.com for more information. Are you seeing anything up there in the way? Well, supply chain issues, uh, not just flooring, yeah. but engineered material, um, adhesives, polyurethanes. Yeah, um, finishes is not so bad, but uh, the raw material, the flooring itself, yeah, we're we're having a bit of issues with um, getting product on on a timely manner. 
Um, I think it has to do with a lot of the, the COVID restrictions. And we're just starting to get back to a little more normalcy in that in that area. You know, there was a time here where we're waiting 12 weeks for, for products, right? And that that's a long time. Puts a lot of people's projects behind. Do you see anything slowing you up coming from countries like China and Russia? Ours, it's uh, yeah. adhesives and um, yeah, engineered product. Yeah, we do. We have a, like it's a, it's, it's a wait time. And right off the bat, that's one of the things we tell clients as they walk through the door. You know, we ask them a few quick questions. You know, what are you looking for? What's your timeline on your project? And then we give them a, you know, like that project. I can tell you right now, they're three to four weeks out or they are six to eight weeks out, whichever way, um, you know, but we, we, we educate them on that right now. So for the most part, most people coming, by the time they leave here, they have an idea that it's going to be that way. So they, they make arrangements now. Mm-hmm. You've been around a while. So when you when you go out in the field, do you, are you also doing the, are you doing the estimating at the same time that you're kind of setting the job up mentally? No, actually, we ha- we have a, a gentleman, Chris, here that does our estimates. And once he does the estimates, then I make an arrangement with the clients and I go out and I meet with them specifically and just uh, get a feel of what they want. Because I'm the guy that's going to be on the site. He's not there, right? Yep. So I read over his estimates. I look them over. I see what's there. Then I, I take them with me and I go to the job site and we go over it with the client and go from there. Right? I I. I I like to be hands-on and all that that aspect. That way, you know, I feel like my experience in um, laying the floor out and starting it off and stuff like that. Once I get that in the guy's head, this is where we want to be, then we're good. We like to make sure that you know there's no surprises at the end. Uh, that that that's a that's a killer right there. You know when. A, a client's expecting a certain number and you come in astronomically out of out of that area and yeah it doesn't make make for good business right i saw a guy earlier uh, this week somebody threw a price out and i just wow that is the i don't want to work for you price that is, yeah it was yeah, like yeah. like if I, if we get this we're gonna eat like kings uh, I, I actually had a, a client like that with the i did some work for her this was before i came to woodchuck and uh, she, I call her the cat lady. She actually used one room in the house oh, as no. a litter box. Oh, don't oh, say it. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was awful. It was awful. <laughs> and then she called me back a couple of years later to finish that room, to do that room. And I walked, I went in the house and I literally could not put my tape measure to touch the floor. Oh. And I, I did give her one of those going away price. Yes. She accepted it. That's she what accepted happened. it. Oh, that's what happens. Oh. Uh, after she accepted it, I gave her nine months. Uh, it's my availability before I can get there. <laughs> oh, you're going to try everything to get out of it. Did you bite your own arm off to get out of there? Well, she had to sell the house, right? So uh, she, she couldn't wait for me, and I, I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Not after that. You got five gallons of gas, lady? Here. Here's a lighter. <laughs> See ya. Uh, it, it, I'll tell you, you, you get some projects like that. It, it, what are the, what's the, what's the perfect project? I, I, I looked at one for a buddy of mine. I'm like, oh no, 1600 feet on a Saturday and Sunday. Uh-huh. I, I see 800 feet. I'm like, let's get a bunch of those. Wait, what's your comfort yeah. zone? Those are great. Um, uh, like for me, 
because because I tend to like to work by myself. So if I'm sanding a floor, I like to do in between five and eight hundred feet by myself. That's that's fine. Sure. Um, I don't like doing anything bigger, or I like to do staircases, stuff that I can. I don't have to be there the whole time. I can run out and look at other jobs. Once I I get into those bigger jobs, yeah. then I, I I'm too dedicated. My time has to be there. Right. So for me at this point, anywhere between five hundred. Six seven hundred is good, right? It's good for me to be at. Yeah, I like. You know, I used to feel bad. There, I'd have guys on a big project, and you'd be like, "Wow, they just did literally they just did two thousand feet in an afternoon," and we we're like at seven something. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm I'm never gonna be that guy. I'm I'm way too in control of each piece, each board. How does it look? And yes, I just can't bulk it. Now you get me a straight row. I can I can nail just as fast as anybody, but I would still rather not top nail slip up. You know, I've once stapled a board and my my undone shoelaces into the floor and fell on my face. Oh, wow. so I like to slow it up a little <laughs> bit. They loved that one. Oh, okay. I'll tell you one myself. Yeah, what do you I got? Was, I was rolling on a finish. Actually, I was using the lambsville at this time, and there was a hair follicle just out of reach. And sure enough, I was trying to reach it, reach it with my pole. I ended up doing a somersault and landed on my back on the finish of the floor. <laughs> yeah, it was not pretty. <laughs> it's a good thing when I'm working, I keep my hair in a hat because it would have been all it would have been all done. Oh, I had uh, one of my guys vacuuming once, and somebody put the poly at the top of the stairs. He bumped into it. It was like a waterfall. Oh, it's just coming God. down the stairs, and like you said, step in it, slip in it. It's sticky. If I get poly on my hands, I will run out to the curb and roll my hands in dirt. I just it's just brutal. Because I saw a guy one day, he made a delivery for us in a van and he had a five gallon pail of three fifty poly. And a guy cut him short and he hit the brakes in, at this um intersection and he's like, Who the hell left their drink in here? And he's rubbing his neck and he's rubbing his neck and he smells oh it. the five gallon pail hit the back of the chair and made a wave right over him oh. over his leather jacket that was hanging there and it came down his back, his clothes. That would freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. That would freak me out because how do you get that off now? I had a customer <laughs> get it in their eye and we have a wash station and I didn't I didn't know what to tell him. What what thinner. Don't put thinner in your eye. Water's gonna harden it up. <laughs> I didn't like it much. I thought you know, thinner might be a nice idea. But yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's environmentally friendly, thinner. You know, that stuff that looks like milk and then doesn't clean anything. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so I was going to ask you when you said earlier about, um, you know, you, you go set up a job, you walk through it with the guys, and you know the drill. Mm-hmm. You, you, you walk in. I've walked into a house and people go, oh, why don't you start here? Well, no, because if I get to the other side of the house, it's going to be 40 feet of pulling under someone's radiators or yeah. or appliances or something. So you can either, like you said, vantage point the middle, go in two directions, or maybe you start in the front entry, square it, backfill the door so that when you end to the other side of the house, there's there's not that problem. Do you, once you've seen a job and you go start it, when you walk in the door, you've already dreamt where this thing's going, right? You've already got it figured out. Exactly. And that's the point of why I go there ahead of time, because I, I want to see the layout, see what's there so that I can have an understanding of what I want to do. And I also want to reiterate that to the clients, because a, a lot of our homes that we do are lived in. Right. Right. So sometimes we have to break up the job 
and uh, clients move their own furniture. So I tell them, listen, I need to have this half of the house on this day because we're going to start here and go that way. Because, you know, not everybody wants to put their stuff in a pot or or is capable of moving stuff out of the out of the whole place. So sure. we have to work with them. Right. Well, you know, we I was talking to um, somebody that we hired. He grew up in the flooring industry, young, young kid. And, uh, and we all did. And we I said to him, you know, I was working with somebody in my family this weekend that doesn't do flooring and they're an engineer and they were like well aren't you why don't you go in the other room and work and i'll work in here and i was saying oh boy you don't understand flooring <laughs> flooring is really clinton it's two there's two people that know what they're doing if you and i started working in five minutes we wouldn't even be speaking you, you just would be working you yes. know if you're starting a while i'm finishing if you see me on the left you're on the right if you see me go to make a cut you might move down and finish a row off and yeah. i worked with a kid that i'd never met in my life and in five minutes we weren't even talking we're just rolling and i couldn't explain to this kid so i, I went in another room and i worked and i saw him just struggling in there and he's going one side mm -hmm. of the room the other side of the room and he starts a row then finishes and he goes to the saw and he cuts it i said now you know why this is really it's a it's a two-man job you can work by yourself <laughs> but don't you find that you, you Two flooring people not only speak the same language, but they can almost think through each other's thoughts and the layout of the floor as they're moving. Well, they should. They have to work in unison. Mm -hmm. right? you, can't, you can't be, it's not a tug and war where I'm here and you're there. And and particularly if, I wanna, if I'm going to split up the guys, that's where I want to start down a hallway. Then I can branch off into into different rooms, right? Because then you then you can have your own room, and I can have my own room, or you know we can lay out the whole floor, and then I'm banging off in here, you're banging off in there, and you know we get we can progress that way. But if we start off on a on a big room, then we have to wait till we're through doorways and all that before we split up, right? So it, it's it, the layout, the layout, and how you start the floor off and where you start floor off, very very important. I just very did important. one where it took me three hours to to get the first boards in place it took us 30 minutes to do the whole floor and an hour and a half to do the closeouts mm -hmm. it, it just yeah. depends what it is and it's it's because it's just that critical i'm not rushing you know setting that first row whatever it is yes exactly my first row is, is very very important to me um i tend to like uh having full boards when it comes up against the nosing so i tend to even if i don't start on the nosing itself, I do my math and figure out where I'm going to drop my line. So I can drop a line down the center, take a couple inch, take it, take a measurement and move it over to the nosing and start off without the nosing there. If I need to, I prefer to have the nosing, but if I need to, I can do that and figure that out. So I always like to have a full board at the, at the nosings, right? And I don't like cut boards there. Yeah. You're like a tile guy. It's, I do it all the time, especially, you know, with it, you get, let's say two and a quarter strip, which it's finally kind of tapering out and dying off. You get there and now you got, you know, a, a three eighth inch piece you got to rip down and you're like, well, that's terrible. If you have wide plank, it's different, but you're right. Yeah. It's typically, it's like a tile guy. Find out the dimension of the room, divide it yeah. by the width of the board and split the difference and, and come up with something better on the closeout or at the nosing yeah. or at the stairway. And isn't it, it's so much more difficult if you're working with pre-finished. Yeah, it is. It, it's more difficult, but it's doable. Yeah, you're, you're just like, man, I might have to chamfer the edge, and I did have to cut the finish. Exactly. It's the last thing that you want, but you do it. I don't listen. I don't like transition pieces. What's your feeling on uh, T moldings and reducers and thresholds um, and those things? And... I don't like T molds because they I, I call them speed bumps. Thank you. Yep, they're yep. speed bumps. Um, 
Uh, on some types of flooring, I, I've uh, found some uh, flattened metals that I can use. Like, um, like they're actually meant for tiles, but uh, they work for hardwoods as well, like a three-quarter um, T-mold that's underlaid. It's only about an inch wide. If I got to change, if I, that's, if I need to separate a floor, I'll use those. But as and when I'm using for my for myself personally, I like to make my own um, my own transition pieces out of uh, the flooring. Sure. Yeah, because uh, I just get more consistency with that. So. Do you guys do any prefinish? What's what's your percentage? We do in uh, prefinish flooring. Uh, we do. Ooh, wow, we do a lot of. Lot. I was going to say about 70 percent, but we do a we we do a lot of sand on site finish right. yeah yeah you know some people you know it depends on the part of the country you go down to florida and there are installers and there are sand and finish guys if they do it all they're from jersey or new england <laughs> yeah. or new york well, that's me right? that's me yeah i like to do it all i yeah i me too same thing i like to do it from start to finish i you know i get a a, a certain satisfaction out of it when i finish a job and i stand back and i i I look and I speak to the client and I say, so are you happy? And they say, oh, I'm ecstatic. You know, right. that's, that's where I want to be. So I like to, I like to be able to say, yeah, I did that. I didn't just do that part, but I did that, the whole thing. Right. So, yeah, I'm the, I like to be the whole package. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, I hear you. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, and you, do you re- remember in your area, are you now to the point where you're not going, did that one, did that one, did that one that you're like, we were talking about this the other day in the, in another podcast, a lot of flooring people, you'd be standing around a party and go, I think I did this 15 years ago. <laughs> You've probably done a lot of work in that general <laughs> yeah. area that you recognize. Yes, I do. I, I get that all the time. I, I know, I know I'll, for some reason, I don't remember the address, but I remember the house. So <laughs> once I'm in the house, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been here before. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been anywhere you got in trouble for looking at a floor? We're always looking, right? I I get in trouble all the time, wherever we are. It could be anywhere. I'm looking at some stupid floor. Uh, yeah, I, my, I get it from my wife all the time. You know, we were, we were at a, a friend's place for dinner and they just bought a new house and they had a, a balcony on the second floor with a nosing hanging out where you know, it was a it was a pretty good long good size nosing. It was probably about fifteen feet in length. Well, you know, from one end to the other, the overhang, which should have been one inch, it actually went. It was probably about a quarter inch at the other end by the time they got there, and they didn't notice it. But I'm standing there looking at it, and I said something <laughs> to my wife, and she just said, "Shut up! <laughs> don't don't say anything. Don't Clinton. say it. <laughs> Shut up." And 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 again, that start that happened because they didn't start properly, so they they ended up pushing their their nosing right up against it. It was a full board, so it shouldn't have it shouldn't have it wasn't necessary for it to be like that unless they started a different area. And then w- when they ended up there, they're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> we're going to do that." <laughs> well, we did a job once, and my buddy of mine said, "Oh, well, we got a little bit of wood extra. We'll we'll put out in the van or whatever." And he's just pointing up. I'm like, "What?" He's, pointing up to the ceiling i go what it's three stories up and i see light coming in and he goes uh go to the second floor and take a look up on like the third level they they put this um if they framed a uh, dormer in with a window Uh with no stairs no just a window but they they made a landing 
They wanted us to go install three stories up at the base of this window where no human being will ever go with a nosing by, and sand and finish it. And no. take the wood up a ladder. How many floor guys even own a ladder? And take it up there over your shoulder, install it, sand and finish it. As stupid as that was, about four years later, we got a call back to this house because I had a problem with the flooring. Where do you think it was, Clinton? <laughs> up on the ladder she put a potted plant up there she goes oh, i don't like it i turned the, the wood like that's why you shouldn't even have flooring up here well so we wound up with the special price for that person <laughs> you know you never know yeah we run into some definitely some weird stuff but uh you know what i gotta ask you a question i'll tell you two two things two mistakes i made in my life and listen i'm a little older than you you've been doing this a while but i'm gonna share this with you two things i did in my life i would never do again Hardwood flooring and soccer at the same time. I played and coached soccer for 35 years and also did flooring. I'm not sure which one crippled me. So I'm pretty sure you do both too, don't you? Yes, I do. How I do you st- handle it? And I still do. I, still, I just finally had to quit for the first time I still ever. do. I, I played just this Sunday past here, this Sunday morning. I and believe it or not, my game on Sunday was nine thirty in the morning. Right? So, are you so that, in the OTL? You in the old timers league? <laughs> yes, I am. Fifty and up. Right? Woo! Yeah. That's when I yeah. bailed. Yeah, I, I I stopped playing with the young kids because they all seem to think that they're gonna go somewhere, and uh, I still have a job. Right? So, <laughs> when you're fifty three and you brag to your wife that on a Sunday morning you got a red card in a fifties game, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully, the, the guys are all on the same page as myself. My my team's a pretty good team um, with our conduct on the pitch. So, you know, we don't instigate anything. We tend to want to just, we're peacemakers. Yeah, not <laughs> like flooring where the brawls break out on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, because when, when we're doing flooring, we cannot have anybody else in the house. <laughs> no. We don't cooperate that way. <laughs> don't, you lo- don't you love being the one and only contractor on the site that can kick Anybody out when you feel Anybody like Anybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. We did big high rises in these big luxury places. And the concierge were like, you can take it up the back 14 levels of stairs. And I'm like, no, we're going to use this elevator that you're going to pad. And they'd be like, no, we can't do yeah. that. And there's another truck waiting. And I would be like, this is my favorite. We're going to tell, all right, how about I call, you know, Mrs. A in unit 345 and tell her she's not getting her custom imported Brazilian cherry herringbone today because you said you don't want them to use the elevator. Well, she'd pay a month for that thing. Boom. Mm-hmm. Padding goes up. Two wheelers come out. People are ready to help. Listen, it's flooring. Step aside. We're coming yeah. in. We're just going to do our job. We're not going to damage your elevator. And, right. and that, that's something that I do as well, too, is I make I – make, I, I don't do it myself personally, but I make sure that the clients reserve the elevators for us. Yes. So when we get there, and and the thing about it is I always deliver product at minimum 72 hours prior. Right. Like that's that's my go-to is a minimum 72 hours prior. And we, we keep our, our humidity control pretty good here at the shop. So by the time it gets there... It's you know it's between seven and nine percent humidity our wood so it's you know it's it's installable at that time, but just to keep everybody on the up and up, three days is on on climatization with proper humidity we do that. You know that's textbook perfect. That's what I always did. I love it. You go to court or you get into an argument or something, and everybody always goes overboard. They'll say, "Oh, your honor, um, 
we had that flooring in there for three and a half years. Like, they'll think of any crazy number. 72 hours. Like, what if after 72 hours it's there and it's humid and sticky and rainy and the basement floods? It is textbook. 72 hours under living conditions. We call it 70-40. 70 degrees, 40% relative humidity. Anywhere in that little, you know, 35 to 55, et cetera. And you know what? If you don't have a meter... All right, don't check the wood. Get a ruler or get a tape measure. If you ordered four inch, it should be dead on four inch, every piece, yeah. any, whatever you purchased. And then if it's flat, even square, it should be perfectly fine for what it you're doing. Be. But check, check the moisture. How do you do these jobs today and not have a moisture meter on you? I, I, you know, I, I've always, I've had a moisture meter. Like I said, I've been at Woodchuck here for 13 years. I bought my my uh, moisture meter from Woodchuck Flooring when I first came. My first Wagner moisture meter that I had is it's got to be over twenty years old, right? You still got to keep on truck and bumper sticker on that meter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it you know what I I like that that little Wagner myself. It's just. Just gives me a little sense the of the yellow that. MMC two twenty. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I have six of them. That's still one of my favorites. Well, listen, I get it. I'm gonna do. Is I'm gonna give you a couple four rapid fire questions. You can sure. answer them quick and throw them out there, and I will let you escape my clutches. Are you ready, sir? Sir, yes. All right. What's your biggest flooring pet peeve? What ticks you off? Uh, my biggest flooring pet peeve is uh, not having um, the proper equipment. All right. If you weren't in the wood flooring industry, what would you be doing? Um, if I wasn't in the wood flooring business, I'd probably be a cop. The last question. Tell me the truth. In your home, carpeting anywhere? You got carpeting? No. Good for you. None. All right. Tim can keep you. You can stay at Woodchuck. <laughs> hey, uh, Clinton Duff, Woodchuck Flooring, Toronto, Canada. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And by the way, congratulations on Ultimate Floor Guy of the Year. That's one of the. That's so cool. I want one of those. Yeah. Well, you should have one. Can I borrow yours? Take a picture of it and just tell my friends, and you keep it quiet between us. Not a problem. Woo! Anything for you, Steve. Anything. You are Anything. the man. Hey, thank you, and thank you to Tim and the people at Woodchuck. It's great always chatting with you. I appreciate I appreciate this whole this whole experience that's happening right now. It's uh, it's overwhelming, but it it's it's great. Well, it's listen, great. you're a good guy, and you're a really good representative of what we do in the trades. And I really appreciate your time. We will talk again soon, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, take care right. now. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you to Legler for sponsoring our 2022 Ultimate Wood Floor Guy and Gal Contest. Don't forget to read the December-January 2023 issue of Wood Floor Business for their profiles, plus articles on how to bend wood, run a business while prioritizing your family, and much more. If you don't get WFB, make sure you sign up for your free subscription at woodfloorbusiness.com, where you can also find all of our digital issues as well. If you liked this episode, please be sure you rate, review, and share this podcast. Thanks for listening.